What's up, everybody? It's the energy is love and all that shit. You know, energy is love podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank all of our listeners for downloading and subscribing. You guys have gone out and done it. And we appreciate it. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, every podcast app that you can think of. We're on there, so go search us out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Almost forgot. You can now listen to us on YouTube. Go subscribe to us in our YouTube channel. Uh, you can find all of our episodes there. We'll also be updating and releasing all the new episodes there as soon as they come out. If you haven't checked us out on Facebook, do so. It's the Energy is Love podcast. Tons of cool shit happening out there with the podcast, and I'm super thankful and excited. For example, we get to talk about Zen Float Company. What say you? Zenfloatco.com? This is the first affordable in-home float tank. For those of you who don't know, a regular float tank is this typically a huge, ginormous, pod-like looking thing. They fill them up with 300 gallons of water and somewhere around 1,200 pounds of salt, and you just sit back and float in the tank. But you typically can't find those unless you're at a high-end spa or float center, somewhere like that. You want to own your own? Now you get the opportunity to float at a fraction of the cost. Zen Float designed and created an in-home float tent that regular everyday people like you, like me, like everybody else out there can afford. The tents are solidly built from stainless steel and canvas. It's four feet wide, eight feet long, which gives you more than enough room to float, but also makes it feasible. So you can put it up in your house wherever you want. The water is continuously heated by their radiant heating system, which allows you to float as long as you want. It also has a dual UV pump cleaning system, so the water stays nice and clean and pure for each of your floats. They ship the tents all over the world, plus the tent looks like a super cool kick-ass pyramid, this wonderful flotation of wonder experience. The guys at Zen Float love floating, and now they've made it so more people like you and me can lay back and experience all the super cool shit that you do when you float. Make sure you go to our Facebook page, Energies Love Podcast, and you can click on the link there to Zen Float. Because you're a listener of the podcast for the universe, when you go to Zen Float Co. and buy your tent, you get to enter the promo code at checkout, Energy is Love, and they'll give you a free pair of underwater headphones. Then you get to float with your headphones and listen to the podcast at the same time. Just saying. We also have to thank Debry Man for sponsoring small businesses for the past 10 years. The podcast wouldn't be what it is today without the support from Debry Man. Be sure to contact us at the podcast. It's energyislovepodcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in being on the show, we'd love to chat with you. Hope everybody enjoys whatever episode is coming up. I'm sure you will. It's going to be awesome, just like all the episodes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. The Energy is Love podcast. The podcast for the universe. Nama fucking stay. What is going on, everybody? Energy is Love podcast, episode 20, super special. We love the podcast. We love everything that we're doing. And for this show, for this episode, I had the wonderful, beautiful pleasure of sitting down with my amazing wife, Stephanie. So Steph and I are professional intuitive energy practitioners, and that's what we do. That's kind of the passion behind our life and our experiences, and we've embraced so much of all the things that you listen to on the podcast. That's kind of the reason behind the podcast, too, is we wanted to bring awareness to all of these different things and highlight all these people that we know. A lot of the people on the show are people that we personally know that are friends and things like that, but then we're also getting to meet amazing people and bring insight and awareness to all this stuff and expand it and all that kind of bullshit. But 
for this show, I wanted to sit down with Steph and we answered a bunch of listener questions in this episode. And that was really fun. Um, we also shared a lot of personal things about us and our experiences and our journey, um, which was also fun. So once again, my beautiful, amazing wife, uh, Stephanie sat down for the show. Absolutely loved doing it. I hope you guys loved listening to it. Um, you can find us obviously on Facebook. Um, we have a Facebook page where we promote and do everything as far as our energy work goes. You just search out energy intuitives and you'll find all of our information there. You can also email us at energy is love 88, 88 is a big number for us, the eights, all that kind of stuff, but it's energy is love 88 at Gmail. Email us, contact us. We work with clients in person all the time and we have a studio space that we go and sit and help people and everything. But we also do sessions and whatnot over Skype and long distance and over the phone. We're always up to just kind of meeting new people and helping them. And um, so if you want to reach out, by all means do so. But this was a wonderful episode in the sense of it's honestly my favorite episode, not just because I sat before my wife, but it was really fun and a really great experience. It was outdoors. We sat in our backyard and recorded. So hopefully it sounds great. I know it sounds great. All the episodes sound great. And you guys are going to love it. I really think you are. But sit back, relax, go out in nature maybe, listen to the show. We recorded the show outside. Go listen to it outside. Get out of your car if you're, if you're listening to it while you're driving around. And enjoy episode 20 with Stephanie, my amazing, beautiful wife, and me, your host, Craig. So enjoy. You're listening to the Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is the love podcast. The Energy is Love podcast. Energy is Love. The Energy is Love podcast. The podcast for the universe. The Energy is Love podcast. What's up, everybody? I am so excited for this episode. This is episode 20. So for episode 20, we're doing something special. Right now, sitting down in front of me is my absolute beautiful, amazing, incredibly spiritually talented wife, Stephanie. Say hi, Steph. Hi, everyone. And this is going to be a little bit different episode because it is episode 20. So like I said, we're doing something special. We're sitting outside in nature. We're, we are in our backyard right now recording. And it's very peaceful. It's very relaxing. What do you think? I like this a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> this feels really good. It does feel good. It's nice. But having said that, if you happen to hear something in the background, it's either a bird or the wind or our dog or the neighbors yelling at each other. You never know. But that's okay, because it feels good out here. And this is where we're going to record and do the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's a new thing. So I'm going to introduce ourselves a little bit. Um, I know you guys have heard me on the podcast, obviously, since I host the podcast. But give you a little bit of background on myself. Um, I'm a professional intuitive energy practitioner, and Stephanie and I work in conjunction with each other. And we... Uh, Essentially what we do is we help people heal their own hearts. We help them kind of find themselves and get back to their connection as far as not just the universe and energy and spirituality, even though we kind of go in that direction, but it's really being connected back to themselves, who they are, and learning how to move through life in a balanced way. And so we work together in conjunction when we work with a client. It's something that we absolutely love and we're really passionate about and that's kind of what we do. And then we do the podcast. Steph's the biggest supporter of the podcast. She's my number one fan and my inspiration for all things. Thank you. You think that was a pretty accurate description of what we do? I love it. Yeah? Yes. So, 
Um, what we're going to do is we're going to start off with answering some listener questions because we do have some listener questions. So we'll take turns, babe. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Mm, you go first. You answer the first one. Okay, then you ask me one because we both. Then have, I ask you. Yeah, one? We, we we got a list of these listener questions, and okay. so ask me one of those questions, babe, and I'll do the best. And of course, we'll probably both end up answering them. Okay. So. So let's hear it. So am I going off of my list? Yeah. Ask me one of the questions that you have. Okay. By the way, thank you, listeners, for sending <laughs> in some questions. Okay, this listener on the question of what is the strongest chakra for me? Why is it stronger? That's a really, that's a really good question. Um, that brings up a lot of different things that I'm thinking about because they're asking what is the strongest chakra for them, and why is it strong, or why is it the strongest? Why is it stronger? Why is it stronger? Well, I would kind of have to know who the hell that person is and <laughs> connect with that person. And there's a when I say there's a concept or a theory, I mean it's it's a reality thing. We do do sessions over Skype and kind of long distance sessions and things like that because that's the cool thing about energy is you can connect no matter where that person is. But we'll kind of go off of, we'll use that question as the opportunity to talk about chakras. So typically there's seven main chakras that people focus on. It's a little breezy, that's okay. Um, those seven chakras, they there's a lot more than just the, the the typical seven that people talk about, but we'll talk about the seven to make it easy. So you have your root, your sacral, your solar plex, your heart, your throat, your third eye, and your crown. And they're all located at different points in your body. Um, they all have a different color that's typically associated with them. And really, I think that that's a really, in my mind, that's a guideline. That's just kind of a really broad guideline to go off of. And like I said, when they have a, a, a color typically associated with them, that doesn't necessarily mean that if for some reason you feel like your root chakra is green instead of red, that doesn't mean you're wrong. I think that just means that your root chakra is green and that's okay. But typically, like I said, those are the seven, those are the colors associated with them. Your root chakra is kind of located at the base of your spine. Um, typically it's associated with like grounding and uh, fear-based things and kind of survival and where you sit and stand in, in life and things like that. And we could go through all seven of them and I could tell you what they're all about, but then this podcast would be four and a half hours <laughs> long. So for that listener and that question, the way to kind of connect with your own chakras, I think initially and if, if you're open to the realm of spirituality, if you're open to those different types of things and you kind of have a belief system around it. One of the really easy ways to see if you have an issue with a chakra is to just connect and resonate with your body and see where am I experiencing some sort of physical discomfort or pain in my body. Nine times out of 10, that is going to be in association with some sort of energy, whether it's a, it's like an energy block or some sort of stagnant uh, emotional kind of baggage that you're holding. So for example, I have a lot of I have a lot of back pain a lot of times and I store a lot of energy and stress and anxiety and things like that in my back and if it's my lower back then I know it's going to be kind of connected to my sacral or to my root and so those will be areas that I'll focus on. If it's my upper back sometimes it's in conjunction with like my heart or possibly even my throat. So that's one way initially to kind of connect and see okay I have pain at this spot in my body I'm carrying it here 
now I can kind of go in deeper and see what is it and what is it causing. And you kind of use the chakras as a roadmap to kind of guide and see. So if it's a throat chakra, then it's going to be associated typically with these with these common things and uh, common themes rather than things. Are the, there, there are things, but common themes throughout everybody. And it gives you a place to start. Now, like I said, that's just a starting point. That's kind of a tipping point. You have to go in deeper into that rather than just thinking, well, I have a pain here, so it's associated with that, so I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. But that's a really good way initially, I think, especially if you're just learning and kind of opening yourself up to connecting with your chakra system, that energy system, and learning, you know, what they are and how they feel, and then, and then how do you work with them? What do you think, babe? I like your description of that. <laughs> I think that's something that a lot of people, um, myself included for a while, kind of take away is that realizing that all of the physical elements and pains more than likely are connected to whether it's going to be chakra imbalance or just emotional that's throwing that off. So I think to add a little bit of why one would be stronger, which you're strongest one is what it was is one would be stronger is that's just the one that you're working with and whether it's a healthy strong or an overactive strong they're all supposed to be I don't know if I should say supposed to be <laughs> balanced I, ideally they're supposed ideally, to be balanced ideally that's this a great perfect word. flow of energy where everything's interconnected and working and spinning in perfect harmony I mean that's the ideal situation yes. and I think people brush onto that or they reach that point you know Everybody has that time in their life where they just feel like everything's going really smooth and they're happy and they're mm -hmm. healthy and they're, everything's kind of in their own physical world in the realm of what they're living in. is just kind of working really well. And that's a good sign that your chakras are, are in balance. You're aligned. So I think if you have you know, a stronger one, it just means to try and focus instead of just accentuating the stronger one, which is a good thing. Just focus on the ones that aren't strong and see what you can do to pull those ones in balance. What does it connect with and what steps can you take to make that a stronger chakra yeah. to make them balance out? So like, are you getting bit by a bug? I am. Like, why is it biting me? That's one of the cons to doing <clears throat> the podcast outdoors. Well, it's We're going to get attacked. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put up an energy force field. Let's try that. Keep all the mosquitoes Let's and flies that. and ants and right. spiders, everything out of the space. Bring a few bats out. There you go. Don't mention spiders. We'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you were talking, I thought about, so uh, another good way, if you think about, because I'm thinking about individual people. So if you think mm -hmm. about the person that kind of always is loud and boisterous and kind of not in a asshole kind of way, but just in the way that they're, they're comfortable and speaking up and kind of saying what they're thinking and you know they're not the type of person to kind of hold their thoughts back they really just speak them out sometimes even too much where they don't take the time to think and process they just they just blab and bullshit and throw mm -hmm. it out there and then deal with whatever comes that person probably has a really strong throat chakra do you think it's strong or overactive well i think it's overactive and it needs mm -hmm. to be in balance but that's a good way for somebody who is just beginning to kind of make that connection and be like, okay, maybe the throat chakra is an area where I feel very comfortable and energy can flow really well in that spot, but it is a little out of balance. So maybe that's a strong, that's a strong chakra to start with. 
but then keeping in mind that you know sometimes you have to rein that in sometimes you have to bring that back a little bit and have yeah. some balance and everything like that but that's a i mean that's a really good question really and like i said pressure. we could sit and talk about chakras all night long because <laughs> there's more than seven and they're 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 super important and they're one of those things that on your spiritual journey and on your path and discovery and investigation and research you'll come across it and i mean we always tell people that go with what resonates and connects with you so if you're drawn to chakras and you want to learn about them, you want to read about them and study up, then do it. And if not, that's okay too. It's not like you have to be aware of your chakras in order to be a happy, healthy person. You don't. You don't. But I it, think it helps. It definitely helps. <laughs> okay, now we're going to flip and I'm going to ask you flip. one of our questions. You're going to ask me one. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. This is a good question. What is an aura and do people really see them or do they just feel a sense of their existence? Take your time. Take my time. <laughs> it's final jeopardy. <laughs> um, I guess my interpretation, because everybody, as you mentioned, with the colors of the chakras, and if you think it says color. So my interpretation is it is your chakras and it's the colors coming out, but I think they can have different meanings. So I think it's your energy field. It's kind of the best way to put it is your energy field is when... I started seeing them it wasn't color that I saw I just saw glow around people and I never knew that it was anything other than my eyes being funny kind of like a white light yes but not like if you see somebody standing in the doorway and it's dark but they're lit from behind yes kind of like that yes that is a great way to describe it but it's something that I always saw so it's nothing that ever stood out to me that oh this is it wasn't until you pointed it out that I was seeing energy. It's nothing that really jumped out at that. So it wasn't until later that color started coming out where you could see it. And granted, I don't get it every time, but I really like it when I see the colors. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I really like it. So I think it's your energy field. I think it's what's going on, whether it's something in your space, something that you're going through, momentum or stagnant that you're going through. I think it kind of tells your story of where you're at, where your subconscious and your spirit's at, that maybe your conscious mind doesn't speak or acknowledge. Maybe you do acknowledge it and you know right where to work. But I think it's it's just something that shows what's what's going on with you. And if somebody can see it, then that's a huge benefit because sometimes just bringing awareness to what's going on. And you can get peace with it when you hear certain things are in your aura, certain colors, certain light, and... So you can you can, you can get peace from it sometimes in just understanding. Do you, uh, the, part of the question was, do people physically see them with their eyes or is it more of a sensation or a feeling? I think it's both. I see with my eyes and that's something that's really neat. And I know that there's people that feel it. So I think it's not one or the other and maybe they're there's both. You see and you feel the colors. I was going to say because we've them. probably had both experiences where we've seen it before, but then also at the same time you get a feeling sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I think it's both. I think either way is really cool. Yeah, they are really cool. And uh, when we, because we described it as, you know, somebody standing in a doorway and seeing their, their silhouetted by light behind them or something like that. Another good example, um, like if you go out and you look at like the horizon on a hot day and you mm -hmm. see 
the heat kind of coming off of whether it's a street or a road or even just the earth itself and you can see that wavy kind of I don't know I mean it's 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 heat coming off mm. of the earth and coming from the sun and everything like that but that wavy distortion of I don't even know what to call it it's not light I mean everything's light I guess but mm. when you see that that kind of wavy movement of that discoloration it's kind of clear but it's not it has substance but it doesn't that's also a lot of times how I'll see energy and yeah. I know that that's kind of common in a way too where if you're seeing somebody's aura you may not necessarily even see that light color or that that shimmering light you may just see movement of energy in that way and so all of those things I mean that's these are all <laughs> really like this is the uh what's the these are like the cliff notes the cliff notes yeah yes. this is energy for dummies 101 and so this is just skimming the surface. It's all much deeper and deeper than this, but this gives people a good idea. So ask me another question. Throw ask me another, another question. Okay. We'll go through a couple. All right. So this next question is, this is a really good one. I'm really excited to see what the answer is to this one. What can I do to control my fear of the unknown in my life? Hmm. Well, that's uh, that's a deep. That's you know, that's a question that there's a lot of unknowns in life, and I think that question goes deeper than you know, what can I do to control the unknowns in my life? Because the reality is, what do we control? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think we really control anything in a certain extent, and really, well, that's not true. The, I think the only thing you can control is you and yourself, your emotions. Mm -hmm. your feelings, the way you choose to move through life and react to things. So when we get lost in the space of the unknown and the anxiety surrounding the what ifs and all the different things that run through our head regarding anything, because people do it all the time where mm -hmm. it's, you know, you could have a big test coming up or you could have some sort of, should I take this promotion? Should I go this route? Should I do that? Uh, should I, should I get a divorce? Should I, should I say yes to this guy if he asks me out? I mean, there's just any number of things that kind of come into question. And when those things pop up, all those what ifs, and then you get lost and you get scared and you kind of spin in that space of the unknown, because the reality is we have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. Even though every day seems very similar to the last, the fact is every day is completely different and new. And we ourselves are constantly changing from moment to moment to moment. You know, we go to bed at night and we wake up a completely different person than we were when we went to bed. And so how do you deal with the unknown? I think, what was it? It's the fear. Well, the, the fear. The of, fear. The fear of the unknown. Um, I, would, I, would, I would advise somebody to kind of move past the, the concept and the idea and the focus of that question and go deeper towards um, fear itself and why you're why, why you're fearful of the unknown because somebody that's fearful of the unknown and I'm going to kind of stereotype in a certain extent and not to say that everybody's different and you know this isn't fit everybody's scenario or situation but if you're fearful of the unknown it means that you're not very confident in the space that you're in it means that you don't have a lot of um, peace in your life because you're not content with just simply being and being kind of present in the moment. And so that would be my direction, my focus for that person is how do we get you comfortable with just existence and life where it's at rather than worrying about 
tomorrow or yesterday. Just enjoy where you're at and being present in the moment. And so you have to step outside of the, the fear for a minute and look at, okay, what's causing not just the fear of the unknown, but fear in general when it comes to me in my life? What am I fearful of? And why am I fearful of those things? And then deal with those, those issues and address that stuff and kind of gain strength and confidence from dealing with some of that. Because a lot of times fear is based in past experiences and trauma and things like that. And um, when you can cope and deal and manage with some of those things, then it gives you confidence to be present in the moment and not so fearful of the what ifs and the unknowns. But it's challenging. It's one of those things. It's like we always say, and I, I've talked about it on the show before, it's practice. Mm-hmm. It's practice, practice, practice. But it's, it's, it's realizing that life is, that there's more than life. There's more to life than just survival and really seeking that and then being committed to the idea and the concept that um, I'm going to have good and bad days. I'm going to fail sometimes, but we're not going to call it failure. I'm just going to be committed to the idea and the concept of practicing life in general and then stepping outside of fear. Because honestly, nobody can read the future, even though sometimes in the realm of spirituality and energy and things like that, you'll have a reading that is a, a you know, future casting. That's one word that we mm. created and came up with. Where <laughs> where, we, we totally, we, it's trademarked, we patent <laughs> that word. But when you see into the future, and I think every time that happens, it's a, it's a possible future, it's a possible outcome. And it's not certain. It's not definite. And so just be okay with where you're at. Be confident with where you're at and not be fearful of the unknown because the fact is you just don't know. Can I ask you another question? No. I'm going to. Go ahead. (laughs) So on that, you said there's more to life than just survival. Yes. It's about living life. Yes. What if survival is your main fear, your main goal. What's the first step for somebody who that is their main fear, their main thing where everything, and that's the what if, what is the first step that they can start taking to be in the moment, be present of where they are? But the fact that they're worrying about it means they're still, they're still kicking to worry about it. So what can they do to enjoy that moment? So we talk to people all the time, and you and I both work with people. And I mean, you and I both have struggled with this in our own space as well, and in our relationship, and just our own personal journeys. Um, somebody that's stuck in that mode of kind of just survival and getting through each day, and not even necessarily each day, but moment to moment to moment, because they have so much anxiety and fear surrounding all the experiences that they're going through in life. Um, you know, I think sometimes because we have that belief, too, that we're always right exactly mm-hmm. at the exact spot that we're supposed to be in that moment. And so I think when you're stuck in that space, trying to look at it in a different light to where I'm not stuck, but this is an opportunity for me to gain strength and insight. And even if it's on an energetic level, where I'm going to be in that space of survival because I'm kind of feeding some aspect of my body that has to strengthen. And then 
eventually I'm going to gain enough strength and enough energy to break free from that and to kind of stretch myself outside of that place to where it's just about survival anymore. And I mean, that's kind of a, I mean, that's not really an answer to your question because the fact is there's not a really clear answer. We can give recommendations and we can give ideas and we can give kind of concepts and things that people can try to start embracing and practicing in their life. But when it boils down to it, it's about little tiny things that you do every single day. And one of the one of the big things, I mean, we do this all the time. So we work with people who are stuck sometimes, people mm-hmm. who have past trauma and experiences that they go through. So one of the things that we commonly do is get people to wrap their mind around the concept and idea that they have to start controlling their thoughts. They have to be mindful of the way their brain works and the way that thought works. And so everybody's brains are always constantly running and operating and doing things all the time, subconsciously and consciously. But for the most part, we don't control our thoughts to a certain extent. They just they just are. They just exist. It's like the operating system that is always going and doing things. It's controlling our body. Our, our you know, it's beating our heart. It's flowing blood. It's it's breathing in and out. It's doing all of these different things. But at the same time, there's a part of it that is just running through thought. And thought carries a vibration, and thought has an energy. And if we can consciously take control of that thought process and replace it with, because typically people who are surviving have negative thought patterns and processing. But you have to replace those negative thoughts with positive thoughts. And so a lot of times we'll ask somebody, what's one thing that they either really like, like or love about themselves? Just one thing. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's they think they have a beautiful smile or they're good at painting or they're they're a great cook or something like that. Just one quality that they love about themselves. And they can say truthfully that regardless of everything else that's going on in their life, I believe this about myself. And then that's the one thing that they need to focus on. And then they need to, I mean, we always tell people to like write it down, put it on post-it notes, sticky notes, stick it on your mirror, stick it in your car, put it everywhere initially so that it's in your space and so that you're constantly reading it and seeing it. And then in those moments when you're spinning out into the space of kind of stress and fear and anxiety, recognize when that's happening, tell yourself whether you say it out loud or you envision it in your head, stop, and then you say that one thing to yourself. You replace all of that negative spin with that one positive thought. And if you can practice that, if you can practice that experience and practice that little technique, slowly over time, you can start to replace the negative thought with positive thought. And it just compounds on itself. It compounds on itself in a positive the same way that negative compounds. I mean, it's it's the duality. It's all just energy. But that's a really good way, I think, to kind of initially get started in the process of shifting out of survival and stress and anxiety and fear. But everybody today in this time and place and society and world, everybody wants something that's going to be quick. Everybody wants something that's going to be instantaneous. And the vast majority of the time, people don't want to do the work. But it's no different than a health regime. It's no different than eating right and exercising and having a healthy body. Nobody's going to do that shit for you. Nobody can make you get off the couch. You have to get up and you have to move. You have to do the work. So that's why it takes practice and it takes time. That was a good question. That was a good follow-up question too, babe. So here's one for you. Are you ready? Yes. 
this is a fun one because <laughs> we could go off on this forever. <laughs> what do enlightened people, because we're enlightened people, babe, <laughs> right? We're enlightened. Sometimes. Don't ask our kids, though. <laughs> what do enlightened people think happens when we die or after we die? Wow. So rather than thinking like you're giving somebody the definitive answer, what's your belief? I think that question is so big. There is, as you say, multidimensional. There are so many different aspects. I, I think enlightened people know that that's not it, that you may shed this body, but that your energy, it just soars and you can be everywhere. And you get to, whether you're helping somebody that's here, whether you're helping yourself in a different time, if you want to use past lives or future lives, your energy builds and gains. And you, that's so big. <laughs> it is a big question. That's a place of a lot of unknowns. That's a lot of unknowns. I believe you see. And I think that's what a lot is that you just, you see. You're there, you're everywhere, you know, you're in the universe, you are the energy, you're not bound by a body. And so why death seems so final mm -hmm. and devastating, the enlightenment, that, that more, that knowing of how much more they're going to be able to do, how much more there is to gain, that it is not the end, it's just really... The beginning and maybe you come and start again who knows where you're at at that point where your energy is going to go I haven't taken a lot of time to really because death for me has always been very fearful and very devastating Yeah, and it's when you're thinking about your loved ones and that's where you get stuck into the Kind of the, I guess, the bog of it, or what happens if I'm not here for my loved ones, and so that just the very finality of that, but seeing it from an enlightened standpoint of where you can remove the fear, remove the thinking that this, that's it, that you can do no more. You see so much more that you will be able to do, and you just become, I guess, you already are one with the universe, but you aren't bound anymore. Do you think that, that I, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to stutter for a little bit, beautiful answer. Do you think that we are bound now by these bodies? I don't think we are bound by the bodies. I think we are bound by the limitations that we put ourselves in with our minds and believing how bound we are. But I think that we are capable of anything, just whether or not we can get our minds to wrap around and go to that. And so much of, you know, whether you want to take it on to a level of when you're meditating and astral projection and how you have that opportunity that your energy can flow out. So even in that moment, you're not bound. You see more, you get more when you can shed that. It's not so much our bodies as it is our minds, but the body is, I guess, the mind's limits in a way. I don't know. Maybe it's the control to keep us in balance. Control. I don't know. I don't know. That's good. That's a that's one that I'm going to be thinking about now. <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell somebody? So for you, you know, you said for you, 
uh, death's always been a difficult thing to kind of cope and deal and manage with when mm-hmm. you've lost loved ones and things like that in the past and the fear of not being here for our children or for me or for your other you know, family members and things like that. What is something that you would tell that person as far as to kind of just give them peace or a moment of breath so that they can find relaxation and not be so caught up? So if you have somebody that just, maybe somebody just recently had a loved one that passed, what would you tell them in order to kind of help them cope and deal and manage? You know, that I don't think that's a straight answer. It really depends on what I'm feeling from the person and where they're at. And what it, whether it's something as simple as, you know, you as a self are strong enough or all these signs that you're seeing that you don't believe you're seeing. Yeah, they're there. They're talking to you. They haven't left. Um, drawing strength from that. It just it really depends on the situation and how it would come out. So just to give a generic answer and saying they're there with you. You can feel their energy all around, whether you're acknowledging it or not, they're there. They're helping on so much more, such a deeper level that it hurts for you, your physical loss, which is, can be so much, but the, that they're not in that pain. And it's not just to go with a simple, oh, they're in a better place and just kind of leave it at that. And you shouldn't feel anything. No, feel it, feel the loss and allow the happy to come in. Don't allow all the happy moments and the signs that you get for them and the moments that you fill them with you and feel you feel them moving you and helping you something be something sad that you turn into something sad because you miss them so much because you're essentially missing something that is still right there next to you yeah one of the things that um like one of the ways that i describe it i have people think about the way that love works and I mean, it's really I, one of the purest forms of love, obviously, is the love that you have for your children. We love each other. We love our family. We love our mother. We love our father. But the level of love that you have for your child is so much different and so much more intense. So I always describe to people, you know, that love that you have for your child, which whether we want to think of it or call it unconditional love and whether it's the same purity of unconditional love that the source or God or the universe provides and gives to us and has for us. That's semantics. We don't need to get into that. But it's a really pure form of love. And it's always present. It's always there. You don't have to be next to your child. You don't have to be touching your child. You don't even have to see your child. Your child can be in a completely different spot or place or location. And you still feel connected to them. And you still feel love for them. And you still feel like you have a bond and a connection with them that is is that pure form of love and i mean that's that, that's why for me in the whole journey that i've had and the experience that i've had in this whole spiritual awakening bullshit it really boiled down to energy is just love <laughs> because it's so pure and it's so palpable at the same time that love that you have for your child is really difficult to explain but yet everybody knows what it is if they have a kid and it's something that we can't necessarily see, but yet it's dense and it has, you can feel it so much. And I mean, I think that's the same love that we have for, do you know what I mean? You get some sense of that, some shade of that, even for the people that, you know, so if you have a grandmother or you have a parent or you, even if you happen to lose a child or something like that, you're going to have that bond and that connection. And that person that's 
gone, that person that's passed away, they have that same love and connection with you. So you're always connected, regardless of whether or not they're physically in your space and you can see them with your eyes. That bond is still there. And that's the frequency of energy. And that's the way the universe spins and works. So finding peace and harmony in that and comfort sometimes. And then and then you can learn about, <clears throat> and when I say learn, you can kind of open up your mind to the ways that people from, you know, not just people that have passed away, but that's the way energy communicates too. So when you get messages and inside, a lot of times it comes on the vibration of emotion and feeling where suddenly your thoughts are filled with that person that's passed away. And you're like, why am I, th you know, I'm driving down the road listening to the radio and suddenly I'm thinking about my grandfather or my mother or something like that that's passed away. The reason is because in that moment they're connecting to you in a stronger sense, sending you that love and that hug because they can see the things that you can't see and they know that you need that. And just let it be. Just be present in that moment of feeling the emotion of whatever it is that you're feeling, even when it's shitty and hard. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, that was very good. I forget, was that your question or my question? <coughs> Excuse me. That was my question that you answered no. far better than I did. <laughs> we work in conjunction, babe. <laughs> you totally elaborate beautifully on plenty of the things that I do. <laughs> you you are the best frosting to my <laughs> cupcake. So ask me one more. We, we won't do questions the whole episode, but let's do one more. Let's do one more? Yeah. Maybe two more. Maybe three more. We'll see. <laughs> it's our podcast. We can fucking do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> okay. You ready for one? Yes. This is a big one. I want a little one. You want a little one? No. Give me a big one. It's a big one. How do I confront my grief? so that it doesn't appear everywhere else in my life at the most inconvenient times. <sighs> How do I confront my grief? Um, you know, that's going to kind of harken back to the question surrounding fear and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Grief is uh, its a strong emotion. It's one of those emotions that can be so debilitating and can pop up anywhere. You could... Like I said, you'd be driving down the road. We're just going to use that parallel for everything, apparently. And driving down the road. Yeah, driving down the road. And a song comes on the radio that makes you think of something or some experience or some person or something. And you may be filled with grief. Um, what I always do, I'll, I'll speak on what I do personally. And then kind of how we counsel people and how we help people. And give them different concepts and ideas and ways of looking at things. But me personally, I look at all emotion as simply energy, neither good nor bad. So grief sometimes can be labeled as a bad or a negative emotion that people have difficulty feeling and experiencing. For me, it's all just energy. And so I want to be the best and most kind of, I don't know, like satellite or tool, or I just want to be the best antenna for energy regardless of what we would label it in our human form. And so if I'm filled with grief or sadness or loss or depression or guilt or anxiety, I try to be present in even those moments and just allowing it to be there and to feel it even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, because I'm practicing emotion and I want to get better at it. 
So I want to be able to move through grief, not quicker, not not feel it. I just want to be more present in it and to gain the energy that I need from that experience. So when it comes up, I try to practice simply being present and being in the spot of feeling it and resonating with it and allowing it and, and connecting internally with my chakra and with my heart or my sacral or my solar plex or whatever it may be associated with at the time. And it gives me the ability to kind of flex those muscles of emotion and feeling and practice it and to feel it. Now, that's beautiful in a sense, and that's wonderful, and that's fucking enlightened, and I should go sit on a hill somewhere and just meditate. <laughs> but the fact is I'm human, and it takes practice. And there's times that I am very successful, and then there's times that I'm very not successful. I, you know, I suck at it. But I'm always committed to the practice of it and the concept because I believe in it. I believe that energy is simply just love and there's no bad or good. There's no positive or negative. There's no good or evil or dark or light. It's just energy. And I want to feel it, all of it, regardless of what we would call it or label it. But having said that, how do you help somebody get to that point? And not everybody has to get to that point. It's not like my... My, my processing isn't what everybody else needs to do in order to be happy. But I think it's understanding that you're feeling that grief for a reason. And there's nothing wrong with kind of mourning uh, the loss of somebody or grief over a mistake that you could have possibly made in your life. Or, you know, there's nothing wrong with feeling that and letting it be there. So many times we try to shove those things off and not feel them because they hurt and because they physically make us hurt. A heart can break and it can crack open and split and it hurts and we don't want to feel that pain. But every single time you experiencing, every single time you experience something like that, you're, you're expanding and growing and really you're evolving as a human. And so... You know, I would make it simple for people. I would make it small rather than look at the big ginormous picture of how do I deal with all this overwhelming grief that I have over all these decisions and mistakes that I see in my life and all these things. I always try to reflect it outward and be like, well, first off, we never hold anybody else to that standard. We don't look at other people and think that they're pieces of shit because they can't cope and deal with their grief. We're always very understanding and allowing of somebody else to process emotion and feeling so it's silly to turn it back on ourselves and think that we have to hold ourselves to some higher standard than everybody else that we hold that, you know, that's silly. And so try to remind yourself of that fact that um, go easy on yourself, allow yourself the opportunity to just process through that emotion. And if you have to shut it off, if you have to turn it away, if you have to kind of disconnect from it, that's okay because it takes a practice. Right? Nobody gets up off the couch and runs a marathon. We have to start by walking maybe down the street or out to the mailbox to check the mail or something. You have to start somewhere, and then you have to take a break, and you have to let your body recuperate, and you kind of have to let your mind slow down and breathe and relax, but always have some part of you inside that is yearning for more and more and more, that part of you that just wants evolution and you want peace and harmony and balance in your life and happiness, pure joy. Seek out pure joy. Mm. Pretty good, huh? That was really good. I'm a smart man. You're smart man. I have a smarter wife and that's why I'm so smart. <laughs> but let's talk about some other stuff, babe. Okay. We have tons of questions we could go through, but let's talk about some other things. What do you want to talk about? Hmm. 
Ask me a question, beautiful Ask wife. Ask you a question. What's something that you wonder sometimes? Not necessarily about spirituality and energy and all the things that we absolutely love and commit our life to, but what's something else? Well, if I'm asking you, and I realize the question's going to be different for everybody else. Yes. But I'm asking you. Okay. And this isn't a trick question because your wife's sitting right across the table from you. <laughs> you better answer this. <laughs> Where do you and I realize things change? But in this moment in time, where is your bliss? Where do you find your greatest happiness? Where you feel connected and you feel the momentum. You feel all of the I am. Where do I feel that pure joy? Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's a good question. Um, me personally, and like you said, it is different for everybody else. And it's always a shifting, evolving, kind of changing thing. But what I try to do is I try to... It's really easy for me to go back in time, even though we don't believe in past, present, or future, and all that kind of bullshit. But it's really easy for me to remember experiences where I know what that feels like. And so I know the feeling associated with just pure bliss. You and I have experienced it numerous, numerous, numerous times, both with each other and in our relationship and with our family and things like that. So I remember what that feels like. And then I'm always kind of on the lookout for that. So if something pops up, and I feel that, then I try to be present and be there in that moment. So there's times that, I mean, we're sitting out in our backyard right now and we love our backyard and it's perfect for us and things like that. Other people might look at it and be like, well, you haven't watered your grass in three weeks. Well, you know, <laughs> we still water, but it's hot. Um, but I love, there's times when we sit out here and the sun is shining and there's a slight breeze blowing and I'm just really happy in that moment. I'm very joyful and that's bliss for me. So I try to be present in that moment and just feel it. It doesn't have to be one specific thing, you know, but I, I get it a lot of places and it's just recognizing when it's there and being present in the moment. But the majority of the time it's associated around the people that I love and hold near and dear to my heart. So I have that experience and that feeling all the time with our children and with you and with other, you know, people that we have in our life and things like that. So it's really being present in those moments and just letting it happen. And then there's also times that it's just me and myself. You know, I'll come out of a meditation or I'll wake up or something like that. And it's like you wake up and you just kind of take a breath and you're not all awake yet. But you're just in that space of like, you know what, today's a brand new day and it, the sun's shining outside maybe. And I just feel good. I'm just going to be present in that moment of like, I'm happy. You know, it doesn't have to be huge, grand things. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm the happiest when I'm, I love doing the podcast, you know, you know that. Um, it's something that I'm really passionate about and that I really enjoy. But do I feel complete bliss and joy doing the podcast? Sometimes. Yeah, I do. But it's not just when I do the podcast or it's not just when I'm doing something, you know, we, I like to paint we paint and things like that. And do I always feel bliss and joy when I'm painting? No. Sometimes it sucks and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But there's times and there's glimpses. So it's really just recognizing what that feeling is and then seeking it out and searching for it. And when it pops up and when it comes across my path, I'm trying to grab a hold of it as much as I can and just sit there. Like I'm going to grab this and wrap my arms around it and then I'm going to sit down and be in that space and in that moment and hold it that answer your question mm -hmm. yeah 
Was that a good enough answer? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm, like, do you want to go into our personal... See, the hard thing I is... Do. The hard thing is I I don't know how much we want to talk about, like, our our own personal life and stuff like that. I don't know. I think experiences that we've shared are... And, and not just that we've shared. I don't mean to just stick with that, but your experiences, my experiences, I think are big. I think okay. instead of just coming across as, you know, we have all this, I think we talk about the hard stuff. Talk about when we feel completely crazy and oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's to show how it is practice. It is a challenge, not just saying that, but <clears throat> I myself have thought I was insane so many times. And then there's times when you just feel like, oh, you just give up. It's mm -hmm. only temporary and you're taking a breath, but it feels like, ugh. You got to step outside of it for a minute. Let's talk about some of those really difficult times that we've gone through. Some of the shit where not just like our faith and our belief and things have been challenged, but even just like the thought of like, like when we go back into that space of survival where it's like, I'm just trying to get through every day and it's so difficult and it's so challenging and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it tomorrow or even, the, you know. For the next five minutes. Yeah. What are some of those things for you? Like what are some stuff that you can think of where... Fuck, life just kicks you right in the balls, and it's so hard to get back up. Um, you know, I guess it's the full spe spectrum. There's many things I can think of that it just, you know, take you down with that. Um, there's so much of the happy just being able to go back and forth, whether it's struggling with careers, if you still have to run that race, which large majority of us still yeah. do. Um, you know, kids and are they getting what they need? Are you providing enough of what they need? Relationships. And so much, I think, I think when it really comes down to struggles on that is how much are you doing for yourself? Because some people focus really hard on making sure that everything else is there. And then there's just no time. So when I lack, I guess, doing things for me, then I hit those moments where it's hard. It's really hard. But I find little things, whether it's going out and doing something big for you. I was talking to a friend today and saying how much I wanted like a vacation and I know she got back from a family vacation and it was wonderful say we went on vacation <laughs> like last week <laughs> but like where I was someplace somewhere some like a, not a not a fancy resort not but where there was a whole bunch of things but where they had like this inclusive spa and you want to be pampered I want to be pampered <laughs> yeah. I want to spend that time and allow that because I don't allow that mm -hmm. you know even the very limited handful of times I've got a massage. It's been very limited. It's very, you know, this is the zone you're allowed to be <laughs> we in. We know great masseuses too. Do not too. stray so out of the zone. So I, I want to, it's not that so much I want to be pampered as I want to pamper myself. I want to flood all, everything that I'm putting out. And I just want just a moment to flood it on me and do something crazy like a mud bath, <laughs> you know, <That> would be cool. <laughs> and just, 
you know, think of how grounding that would be. Yeah, I can make you a mud bath in our backyard. It's <laughs> <laughs> everything I want in life right there. <laughs> um, so little things like that is going so far as to stepping completely out of everything and just taking that time to recharge as when I'm driving somewhere and I have the windows down and that warm air is coming through, you know, not the heat, but you just, you've got that breeze that's warm so you can drive with your windows down and blasting music <laughs> and singing completely off key as loud as you want. Even those little moments are just as rejuvenating. So. Little moments. Little moments. Yeah. You got to pay attention when they <laughs> pop up. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about as you're talking um, I used, you know, I used to think I was crazy and not even just in the space of kind of the things that I think now in the realm of spirituality and believing that the universe spins and energy and all that bullshit. But there was a time period in my life where I thought that I had some sort of mental illness because I struggled with highs and lows and whether it was bipolar disorder or something like that. I really struggled with that for a long time because I could see my life fluctuate and experiences and things like that. And you know, that was my journey. That was my experience. And I'm sure you could talk to somebody or, you know, I could go and sit before somebody or something and they would diagnose or classify me as some sort of mental illness because of certain behaviors and aspects. But, you know, I think what it boils down to, even the person that, you know, has been clinically diagnosed or has gone and seen a psychiatrist or something like that, and they've been diagnosed as a schizophrenic or something, it's really about your own personal mindset. Do I think that schizophrenia is real? Yeah, I do. You know, we've had plenty of experiences with mental illness and things like that. But I also think that the mind is a very incredibly powerful thing. And so once you tell yourself something that we may classically label as a negative, like even though I don't think there's absolutely anything wrong with having some form of mental illness, I think everybody falls on that spectrum of mental illness. But once you tell yourself something like that and you hold it as a negative or something that you have kind of have to overcome, then you're burdened by it and it keeps you in that space and in that energy and in that vibration. And it makes it really, really, really difficult to shift out of that and to kind of see life in a different way. And luckily for us, we've never been really, you know, I'm assuming that it's, it's people that you see that are suffer from some sort of disability that we would label a disability, whether it be, you know, maybe they lost a leg in an accident or they're, or they're paralyzed from the waist down or something like that. You see people that have overcome those struggles in life and still function and exist and live a really happy, fulfilled life, even though they may be um, in a wheelchair. It really boils down to the mindset and the mind frame that you have and that's a beautiful thing when you can shift out of that. And I hate the idea that we label everything in such a way. I saw this really, really cool video today on YouTube. And it was, you know, there's so many of these really fucking cool videos online that inspire you. And suddenly your whole life changes for about 15 seconds until you find something else and you move on or the kids want something. But there's the whole idea behind labels and the way that we label everything. And this one was kind of centered around race and the way that, you know, babies were born simply just being a human, just being a baby. But it's not until we start labeling things as black and white or Hispanic or Asian or whatever the case may be. And then we take that on 
and then we ourselves, the, the, the you know society as a whole and the greater consciousness, still labels people as as their race when really we're all just obviously people here living the same experience. We're all just humans. And like I said, that video was focused on race and how we kind of have to step outside of that and think differently. But it goes so much more into race isn't the only thing that we label. Do you know what I mean? We label ourselves all the time with tons of different things, whether we label ourselves as smart or stupid or fat or skinny or, you know, confident and capable, capable, or maybe we label, maybe, maybe we're labeled as cocky when really we're just confident or all of these things that we choose to describe this experience and describe ourselves. They are just labels and you can use it to your advantage because for a certain, to a certain extent, it's how we kind of function and it's kind of how you have to function in society unless you want to go live as the hermit up in the mountain all by yourself which I'm totally down for um, you have to function in this realm and in this place so be conscious of what you choose to label not just yourself but other people and especially be conscious of how you think about yourself and how you label yourself so for a while I was contemplating that label of suffering from some form of mental illness and it was a really kind of struggle for me and then I was able to kind of shift out of that where accepting regardless of whether or not I clinically could be diagnosed as this or diagnosed as that, it didn't really matter. Um, it wasn't going to change who I was. It wasn't going to change how I behaved or how I moved through life. I just had to accept who I was and how I did move through life. And then it made things so much easier. And I always try to keep that in mind. You know what I mean? Because we're crazy sometimes. You know, we believe crazy out there shit. You and I will sit there and meditate and travel to far off places and experience amazing things it'd be really easy for some people to view us as nuts <laughs> that we're schizophrenic and we're having these visions of you know connecting to some source of energy or some past life even though we don't believe in past life some some other realm and some other space and everything like that and um it would be really easy for the outside person who's not directly in our space and who's not you or who's not me to think we're nuts and I'm sure there are people that think we're nuts but we don't sometimes I do sometimes sometimes I have moments <laughs> tell yourself allow all that crazy shit you see just to allow it to be yeah and be okay with it be okay with who you are and shed off all those labels or if you want to label anything by all means fucking label them positive yes that you know? is awesome right there Label yourself, because the, the fact is everybody's amazing. Everybody is so directly connected to this source of energy that the universe spins on. We all stem from that, and we all have the same capability and potential. We just have to allow that thing to flow, allow that whatever it is. And for us, it's in the connection of spirituality and the universe. But that's not for everybody. But that doesn't make somebody else's connection any less magnificent and amazing. It's just what they choose. And that's cool. That's part of this experience. I love that so much. Which part? If you're going to label yourself, label yourself something positive. Yeah. That. Say that again. If you are going to put a label on yourself, make it positive. Let's make a t-shirt. Let's. I think we need to put that everywhere. I want that t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I do. I drink, think, what is it? I drink and I know things. 
I drink and I know things. Have you seen that one? It's the Tyrion <laughs> Lannister. Uh, no. No, I haven't seen that one. It's what I do. I, I, I drink and I know things. This guy, right now, right here. <laughs> <laughs> We're big fans of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Daenerys. Mother of Dragons. That's a weird concept. That's a weird concept. Because I think that sometimes, so Game of Thrones is a series of books written by George R. Martin, I think is his name. Now it's a big series on HBO. Everybody loves it. It's awesome. Our daughter looks like Daenerys. Yeah, she does (laughs) look like Daenerys. Um, Don't tell her, though. (laughs) The last thing we wanted, she she doesn't need to conquer Westeros in the house and everything (laughs) like that. But I think this concept sometimes, so that, that, you know, Anything, a movie, a book, something that somebody creates, that shit could be real. There totally could be that experience somewhere else. And George Martin, I think it's R.R. Martin. I mean, I apologize uh, to the author of Game of Thrones if I'm mispronouncing your name. Going to ban us from HBO. Yeah, they're going to cancel our subscription. (laughs) But he created that in his mind, and he wrote about it, and he created these books and these novels. In the process of doing that, did he then create that universe and that realm and that world somewhere else? Or in the process of creating it, was he just tapping in and connecting to what was already there? I like that. That's a crazy thought. That's a very crazy. And which one is it? Which one do you feel stronger? Do you think he created or connected? You know, I think both of them are possible. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean, I think both of them are realities. I think yeah. that we have the ability to sit and think right now you and I could sit and think about we could create a planet or a world or another experience in our mind and we could talk about it and we could verbalize it and we could both envision it and picture it Mm -hmm. and it could be similar and it would be different in a way and suddenly that place could pop into existence somewhere out there in the cosmos but also at the same time I believe that we may just be simply tapping into that place. We hit that frequency. We hit that frequency, right? Maybe that's the way imagination works. Your imagination is an amazing thing. Mm. That, you know, that's one of the things that really helped me when we started to learn about energy and learn about the way that it worked and then also learned how to work with it, especially when it came in conjunction with working with people and helping people. Mm -hmm. When we connect to that source of energy and we let it flow, we see things and we feel things and we experience things. Like literally we'll see things in our mind's eye, visualize things and kind of have these, I don't even know how to describe them. We should be able to describe them better now because we <laughs> do it so often. But it's like this dreamlike state where you kind of have this vision that appears before you and you move through it and it's not super solidified at times, but yet at the same time you can really pull detail from it. Um, God, I lost my train of thought. Oh, imagination. Mm. That's the way my imagination works. You know, somebody tells me to picture a tree. I slowly kind of picture a tree and it takes shape and it takes form to the point where I can feel it and I can kind of hear it and I can imagine myself sitting underneath it and I can look up and see the leaves and the light coming through and the wind rustling the leaves and I can really clearly imagine a tree. Now, am I creating that tree? Uh, you know, am I just pulling something from the memory data bank or database? Data bank. I like data bank I better. Like data bank. Am I pulling something from my memory and that's what that is? Or am I creating? I don't know. It's just 
That's the shit that we get lost in. That's some of the fun stuff that we talk about on the podcast. Like those are my favorite episodes when we interview people and we just get lost in all that shit of like the what ifs and all these different things. And But then we got to come back here <laughs> to this place in our backyard with our brown lawn and the flies landing it's not on all knees. brown we've got some green the flies are kind of dissipating i think our bubble's working <laughs> <laughs> our force field of energy <laughs> it's the new off i like that you went so much on imagination um as where you use that as such a strength for you that was such a challenge for me because i've always had such such an amazing imagination like the way that I can get lost in things where when you read a book and get lost in a book it doesn't just you're not stuck in the pages you don't see the book you literally stop seeing the book and you are there you feel everything you see everything you are put into that world you just get lost completely and my imagination and so many things that happen that just didn't make sense and were fiction and you get told that too when you come across something that you've seen and you share that with somebody and they're like that's in your head that's you know so many things that they deem is not real or even make it a scary thing and so you want to shut that off and then when you have amazing things happen and you have because like I guess with the auras I see those I can see I don't feel the colors but so many things isn't something visual for me it's a complete feeling I feel this I feel somebody I feel this emotion I feel this sense I feel the story I feel these words that are so clear of a feeling that it feels like I'm seeing them and it feels like I'm hearing them there's different from having a phrase pop into your mind and having the phrase spoken in your ear which sometimes happens, and that can be scary. That and you really the shit out of you. you a little bit. I, I struggle love it with when that. When you come home and you're like, somebody fucking talk to me or put <laughs> something in my ear. It's uh, I I struggle with that just a little bit, which I think is why it doesn't happen all that often because I kind of I lose it for a little bit. That's hard for me to <laughs> you turn like, it off. <laughs> that that's too much. I'm not ready. Um, but the imagination also you can talk yourself out of so much so many wonderful experiences so many opportunities to help people by saying that's not real that's my imagination there's no way they'll think i'm crazy i can't say that how do i how do i go to this person and say that they'll think i'm crazy there's no way i can't tell you this yeah you know there's so so many things with that and that for me was a big struggle and then to top it with a throat chakra that doesn't fully function so even when it's very strong and pushing on me hard of say this say this this you need to express this it's like opening your mouth underwater nothing comes out you know you just get air and that's all you can get so getting past your own imagination while you are creative and we're all creative beings just realize by being creative doesn't mean that you are not creating and that you're not there so just allow your imagination to flow Allow it. Get out of the mindset that it's imagination. You're seeing it. You're being brought. Share it. Yeah. I think imagination is powerful. If you think about, so like you give a kid a cardboard box and they're golden. They're done. They're good. <laughs> they're going to be squared away for quite a while. Just played with that cardboard box because to them it's not just a cardboard box. To them they see so many different things and so many different possibilities and they use it for so many different experiences. It's a castle, it's a cave, it's a magic carpet. It's a spaceship. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's anything. 
And that's a really good reminder because kids are super connected from that. I mean, we all are when we're born. We just come from that source of energy. And so my guess is that that's kind of the way that energy works is through that vibration of imagination and creation because it's just free creation. When you give a kid a cardboard box, they just have no other parameters placed on them. They're not labeling anything. You know, you say, here's a box to play with. Nine times out of ten, you don't. It's the box that they unwrapped the present with, and they've set the present down or the toy, and then they play with the cardboard box. And um, they're just in that space of free creation, and that's a good space to be in. So that's why we always tell people, like, do what you love and what you're passionate about. If you if you create something, whether it's art or music or it's anything, really, in that space, you're really connected because it is imagination. It's creation. It's that aspect of your mind and and there's physical aspects like there's physical things that happen internally and dopamine that's released and all these things that happen in your brain and there's all this psychology and the science behind what your physical body experiences when you do that left brain and right brain and all that kind of stuff i wish we were more versed in that i think we both have a good understanding but that's some really in-depth science stuff and we're not super smart scientists yet maybe in another life or another experience we are and that's why we're so able to tap into it now but podcast 21 podcast 21. (laughs) (laughs) um it's a good place to be in and so let your imagination go that's why i like sitting back and thinking all the crazy things and the what-ifs of like time and space and the existence and why we're here and how energy works and how you can manipulate it and manipulate it not in a controlling way but kind of work in conjunction with it and that's a beautiful thing and that's a good space to be in you fascinate me (laughs) you fascinate me i think we are fascinating people i wanted to talk about this we've Let's see where this is a nice, good, long podcast. Babe. Are you going to cut well. it short? No, but we have to. I mean, it's getting dark and we do have other obligations to some extent. But it, we, I have something else I want to talk to you what about. What do you want to talk to me about? So this is something that I haven't talked about on the podcast. Uh, it's, you know, topic of conversation that hasn't come up because there's all these different belief systems and ideas and concepts and things like that that people talk about in the realm of spirituality and energy and blah, blah, blah. I always say blah, 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 but it's the minutia of all of it because there's so so many different things that you can research and look into and resonate and connect with. Is this an exclusive right here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the idea and the concept of twin flames. So not just necessarily the twin flame thing because that's a label, right? It's a label. And some people hold on to that and they identify with it so strongly and they're convinced that they have found their twin flame and they you know their life isn't going to be complete until they can exist with that person in their life and they have this beautiful sacred kind of relationship and everything's amazing because it's 14 different lives that have come into fruition and the stars have aligned to now i mean that i just i laugh i I don't laugh out loud sometimes i laugh internally and it's not a judgment it's just I think that, once again, that's just a label. But there's a beautiful thing that exists between you and I where we might not necessarily label ourselves twin flames, even though sometimes we feel that or we might use that label. But we feel very, very, very connected in a sense of not just this experience in this moment, but we've had some really amazing experiences through meditation and just through our relationship of like not even through meditation there's times where it's just like suddenly out of nowhere we have this 
weird deja vu thing of like holy cow i've like i see you in a different way or a different light or a different place or a different realm and that's beautiful and that's amazing but let's talk about that a little bit because i think there's a lot of people that are experiencing that right now and i think there's a lot of people that are interested in that (laughs) everybody's always seeking a soulmate and supposedly your twin flame is deeper than a soulmate it's a higher level like yeah that soulmate's great but if you really want to be connected for all time and eternity and space and cosmos you have to find your twin flame but then it has to be it has to be the blue twin flame <laughs> if you find the red tw- twin flame then that's not the highest level what do you think cuz i know i know that you think that we <clears throat> what do you know i think tell me <laughs> i know that you think that we've been together multiple times and in different I don't spaces think that. you know that i know that yeah but tell me, tell me how you know that. Like, what's the feeling? And I, I mean, I know it, but the person out there, what we're doing is we're trying to give somebody an insight, somebody who may be having that experience or thinking about it. So what does that mean for us? Because it's just our belief. To start with the, I know that, there's, you can say the feeling. And every time, you know, somebody has that word, the new relationship, and they're feeling all that. It's the soulmate and all the butterflies, and this is it, and, you know, just all the endorphins that kick in with that. But it's deeper. It's the knowing things of you, knowing your space, knowing all the things that brought us together. And I was. I was a soulmate person and believing in soulmates. And then it shifted to where the term soulmate for me, didn't mean, it didn't mean the same thing. It's, I'm going to struggle with this because it's a hard one. It's, it's, it's um, hard to explain. It's where my throat, I guess, because there's other (laughs) things that kick up that make me kind of, (laughs) I guess, want to shy away from it. Um, but I think that your soulmate can be your sister. It can be the friend that you made a week ago and holy cow, the connection you have and you know everything about that person. They know everything about you. Those are, I think, soulmates. And you can fall in love with your soulmate and this soulmate or that soulmate. But I I am not the all-knowing of the twin flames. But I can give kind of my perspective on the information that I have now and the feelings that I have now and what it means to me. Well, just draw so from your own that. personal experience so my of own you and I. personal experience is the level that we have, the feeling of the knowing you, the visual aspect of knowing you from our journeys together, so many things that we have built. Um... And so many things that we've taught each other. It hasn't been all sunshine and roses. It's not just all, you know, what is it? Fairy dust and unicorn poop? Yeah. It's been, okay, I'm going to bring this out in you. You're going to bring this out in me. We're going to look at this ourselves. We're going to go through some shit. And we are going to grow to some higher extreme level that we never even fathomed was a thing. So, you know, they have the whole 
twin flame where you have to have the separation as far as, you know, all the stuff you read on Facebook, you go through this, it's wonderful. You know, each other, it's so easy. Then you have these things where you bring out and then the parting, and then maybe you join back together. Maybe you don't kind of thing. Well, (laughs) I think it's more to that for us because everything that we had to look at, everything that helped us grow to this level would have torn and demolished so many, not everybody, but so many other people. And you and I just stayed in that and we flourished and we worked and we became so much more. So I don't even, it's like, I'm not looking for twin flame. I think there's something far beyond that. Something that, that we describes couldn't even us. really label. Yes. Maybe yeah. we should come up with that. We'll create it. <laughs> it's the Craig and stuff. It'll be another, like, because we patent future cast. It's trademarked. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll trademark something else. Because it is hard to explain. It is hard to describe. Because it has, like you said, it, it's, we have the opportunity to move through so much shit. Not just in our own personal relationship together, but as individuals, we have helped each other grow and blossom and expand in just the most magnificent ways and really evolve, you know, burn away so many of those uh, experiences and traumas and all those kind of different things. And in the process of doing all of that, we've also had all these really amazing experiences, like I said, that have come through because we'll meditate together. We'll have dreams that sync up and align together We'll just have regular everyday experiences where suddenly I'll look at you in a way or something, you know, those those stars will align and some magical light of energy has suddenly illuminated this experience where I, I see you in a different way, in a different light that syncs up with something else where it, you know, there's plenty of ways to describe it like deja vu or this or that, or I mean, there's lots of those different things. But in the end, so much of it is that feeling and that knowingness. And and I think the stronger that you and I have both grown in our faith, in our belief, um, not just in who we are and our relationship and spirituality and energy, but just kind of comfort and faith and allowance of things, then you can really recognize when that stuff pops up. And we're not unique. I mean, we are unique because it's you and me in this experience. And we know that we've had multiple experiences that are all existing and happening and at the same time. But the fact is, I think that, like you say, I mean, like you described soulmates could be anything. It could be your best friend. It could be, it could be your brother. It could be, you know, it could be an animal. It could be a dog. It could be anything. And who's to say that it's not, it's, it's, it's you and it's that feeling. And I'm not going to discredit anybody, even though we might chuckle and laugh that somebody thinks that their their you know pet snake is their soulmate that's okay don't talk on scooby yeah <laughs> we have a connection <laughs> we have a snake <laughs> um the, the snake's not my not not my soulmate but i think it i think there's enough enough opportunity or enough realities that exist that it could be any number of things but the more that you kind of get comfortable and really knowing who you are and then also understanding the deeper meaning of love and life and happiness and joy, then it's really easy to recognize. And I mean, you and I are blessed to recognize it every day. 
because it's it's cool. It's good stuff. I love our life. I love our life too. And we this isn't the <laughs> podcast of you and me sitting there. I love you so much. This is the energy is love. This is energy. Oh my goodness, look at your face. I love your smile. I think if we just started out that way, uh, we're moving on to next. the next show. But sweetheart, we've been talking forever and a day, and it's beautiful and it's lovely, and I absolutely not only love you, but I loved doing this episode. I loved it too. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. For sitting down being on the podcast and of course you're going to be on again i'm going to be on again yeah i get to be a repeat guest you get to be a repeat guest you hear that so this was I... episode 20 it was a special thing you know we've been up for about a month and a half and this is episode 20 been working really hard on the podcast and so i love being able to share this experience with you and now we get to share it with everybody so thank you. thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody thank for tuning you. in and subscribing and all that bullshit. <laughs> uh, we love doing the podcast and we love our listeners. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, go out there, find your soulmate, find your twin flame, stop labeling shit. Uh, love yourself. What else can we say? Pamper yourself. Yeah, pamper Take yourself. Take the time. Self-love is super important. And not in the weird, freaky way. <laughs> Just in the normal, like, love yourself and appreciate who you are and be patient. And look for joyful experiences. Recognize them when they're there. Sit in them. Hug them up. Soak them up. And then seek them out. Yes. Go out and have a beautiful day. Hmm. If you're going to label yourself, label yourself something positive. You say multidimensional. We're enlightened people, babe everything I want in life right there. <laughs> I just want to be the best antenna for energy. You're there. You're everywhere. You know you're in the universe. You are the energy. You're not bound by a body.